Hello and welcome to the Up the Villa podcast. Uh, I'm in the hot seat today, so no one rinse me in the comments. If you are new to the channel, do subscribe. We're on the road to 9,000 subscribers now, which obviously is a massive number, and we appreciate every single one of you. And of course, as always, do get involved in the comments. This is a place to vent, a place to share opinions. Obviously, do it kindly, but um, you know we're all here for the same reason to to talk about the villa so do get involved in the comments got luke and ryan here with me today um i'm sure you've had enough of luke's face so he's got me uh he's got me hosting this evening um we're here to preview our game against fulham on thursday evening it's a bit of a bit of a nervy one but we're here to sort of um chew the fat and see how we feel against uh, before that fixture on thursday so Sunday's game, you haven't heard my opinion on it. Um, I think it's it's a very frustrating one once again. We're back in the same position where we are treading that tightrope and you don't know how much longer that we're going to be walking it before before uh, Mr Gerard does fall off. Um, I think everyone kind of agreed it was one of our better performances. Um, we, all, we always seem to turn up in those bigger game so to speak um it's very frustrating that you know it, it takes a bigger opponent for us to sort of get ourselves into gear but even that didn't prove fruitful um a 2-0 loss and we're now we don't even have an unbeaten run to to sort of show for ourselves it's all gone down the toilet so I think you know if we take that performance from the first half or the first hour against Chelsea we're we could hopefully have an enjoyable Thursday evening, but I think at this point I'm going to call on Ryan and get his his thoughts on Sunday's game. And what did you think, Ryan? I don't think any of us are too happy. No, same as you, Hannah. Um, first half, yes, it was excitable. Actually enjoyed being in the halt end. Um, second half, fell flat. And I was slumped in my seat <laughs> in the halt end. And... Um, I actually thought, like everybody else, the first half was good until I sort of woke up this morning and you reflect on it more and it's just, we just come full cycle from last season. It's just missed opportunities, poor decision-making, individual errors. It's boring, isn't it, guys? It's boring talking about the same thing over and over again. Um and, it, and it's a collective. It's This is a collective. I was thinking about it today. And, you know, Gerard. yes, he could have been more proactive on his subs. He doesn't like to change his tactic at all. He'd rather just change personnel. Um, you know, you went with two wingers out there, but it was still very narrow. It was still the same 4 three, three system. All he's doing, it's not, he's never changed system from day one. It's just he just changes personnel in different positions. The system never changes. It's like he's got this system that he built at Rangers with the help of Bill, and that's it. The system never changes. You never see him tweak it or anything. You never see any in-game changes. It's just the same standard. Four, three, three. We just okay, McGinnon doing it. Let's throw Dendonka there. Coutinho ain't doing it. Okay, let's try Wendia there. It's just repetitive and it's just becoming painful now it's becoming painful the players now are falling back how there was 12 months ago where individual errors are costing us game on game yes Mings has been terrific all season and and you know 
mistakes happen. He just that header, he just tried to put too much on it and, and get it out and and it's unlucky, yeah. It's unlucky. It's a, it's a mistake. But up the other end, it's again, it's poor, poor decision making. Yeah. In that final third, when you're one on one with the keeper, yes, he's had an absolute worldy, you know, kepa. Oh my god! You know, typically, <laughs> he just like rocks up at Villa Park as an absolute world beater. And there were fantastic sides. The one from Ings was terrific. The one from Ramsey as well, I thought, was superb. But McGinn was there, right, virtually on the goal line, and you're never getting it in from that angle. And Ings is there, just lay it back. Was, you know, them decision makings from the last game against Forest just not improving. The coaching as well, guys. Oh, Danks, what is he doing, man? You know, Danks is our attacking coach. McPhee, McPhee. Oh. Invisible. Yeah, you're just paying McPhee to be there. Um, recruitment as well. Like Chambers can't get on the pitch. Dendonka, we've seen a couple of 10 minutes here and there. Bedrinak, come on, five minutes when we got injured. Are they even Gerard's players? Does he even want them? He obviously don't trust them because he won't throw them in. Um Clearly, the likes of Luca Dean and Coutinho, they are his boys. Um, Carlos, Kamara, yes. you got to give him a bit of sympathy there because we have lost them players who could have been real big game changers for us. Um, but that's football, isn't it? you gotta, you got to prepare for injuries. And um, that, is, that is a tough one. But even the board, you look at the board, man, they've raised expectations this season, saying we want Europe, we want top eight, your money's going up, we're putting this in place. So, collectively, as a football club, everybody has got to take responsibility. And I feel like it's Groundhog Day, isn't it? I feel like we've wasted it a year. A year's just been wasted. I feel exactly how I felt this time last year. Exactly the same. I felt that Smith... I was quite critical of Smith like making in-game decisions and not knowing your, your strongest 11. And, and we've, we've come that full cycle again. And... This time last year, wasn't it, Luke? We was off to Southampton away on that Friday night and I'm going Fulham on Thursday. <laughs> and I'm just getting the same vibes, man. I'm just getting the same vibes. It's going to be a slog. It's going to be a slog to get to Fulham on Thursday. It's good. We're going to have a nightmare of a night and it's going to be a slog to come home. <laughs> I'm just, oh, just not feeling very yeah. optimistic about Aston Villa at the minute. Yeah, I think we're, we're at that point where... I think we've mentioned the last couple of games now where you're kind of losing that spark about about going to the game and as much as you know it's normally the highlight of the week it's now becoming it does first of all a bit of a chore and it's the same stuff every week it's repetitive and it's a, like we always say it's the first sign of insanity of just not making a change and yeah um I don't know if you've got anything else to add Luke but for, for me I think that the thing that drove me mad on Sunday was the fact that we had uh, four, we've got five substitutions now, which yes, you can argue favours the big teams, but got five subs, three in-game opportunities to use them. And why are we bringing on Coutinho one minute and a couple of minutes later, Dendonka? To me, that screams that he doesn't trust enough of his bench to use all five substitutes. Yeah, it's. I, mean, I feel like I've said enough on on that game now. Uh, but like, I mean, every everything you both said, like when Ryan was just going through, like ticking everything off, like the players, the manager, the board. You know, 
the the whole the whole optimism of of what we had going into this season, you know, every Villa fan was absolutely buzzing for it. Now, in the space of eleven games, it sucked the life out of the whole fan base. So it now does feel like Groundhog Day when you go into that game. Ryan said he, you know, he slumped on his seat. I was looking round like when um when the some some fans were chanting they want Gerard out. And it was literally like Villa fans are like just chilling in the chair like this. Thinking, that was me. I can't, I can't even be asked to oh. say anything. And I was just like looking around thinking, it's, you know, this is like meant to be like an exciting season where we, we're going on the back of what's going to be coming at, towards the end of next season, like uh, the new stadium, you know, we wanted, the manager wanted us to get seventh, the, the ownership, you know. And it does just feel like it's, you know, it's just starting to like crumble and, and it's starting to like fall apart in every area, every area that you mentioned, Ryan. It just feels like that there's slight flaws in everything, like the, some of the signings that we've made, like Be- uh, Bednarat, Dendonka, um, you know, letting letting the wingers go, where now we're playing with the wingers. The last game we played with wingers, but... We've got no wingers to come on. So we're bringing on, like uh, Hannah's saying, we're having to bring on, like, Coutinho and Brendia. And it's just really not working. And and, and that's one of the main things that I'd say is that, you know, I'm an advocate of saying for him to, to change the system, but change the system in a way that I feel like next game it can work and the game after that it could work. I don't want to see just... This game, something, and then next game, it's something totally different. And then be, just because Watkins didn't work out wide, we're going to put him now back up front, and then Ings is going to come out. And, you know, if, in my opinion now, Danny Ings has got to start the next game. We've got to give Ings some minutes now to to, to even build on what build on the game he had. I don't know he didn't score, but he, he was getting in the right areas. He was having certain chances, but you can't keep chopping and changing and yeah. just trying to... <clears throat> Think that light bulb moment of oh shit that worked today. Should we just Magic stick moment. that all season? So <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's just my thought process where I'm at. It's I'm sure we're going to get onto it now that it's 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 a massive massive week for Aston Villa. Well, I think we all like agreed. In, we all agreed, didn't we, in pre-season when we was making our predictions? We all went about eighth, ninth, seventh, didn't we, between us all? But we sort of agreed that for us to have a successful season, our signings had to bed in quickly, hit the ground running. That's gone tits up, and then our players that we've got now have got to be coached better, and that's not working, is it? That you know these players, uh, they're not getting any better, are they? They're not getting any better. No, no, and, no and, one's really made an improvement this season. I've said this on a couple of episodes ago that our players tend to revert back to type. Now, the majority of the players that are on this pitch at the moment are the players that let Dean Smith down in exactly the same position that we were in last season. Yeah. And where did so, they come from? The championship. So no, it's okay blaming Gerard, and and I do think a lot of the blame lies on the system and whatever. But for whatever reason, like you said, Ron, the players need coaching better to get us to a level of performance where if we have got a couple of injuries, we can still get results and we can still achieve the goals that we're trying to achieve. But for me at the minute, it just feels like 
heads are down. We're feeling sorry for ourselves. And in the end, Summit's got to give. And so what, why, was the, why was why was Kanza signed? Why was Cash signed? Why was Watkins signed? Because they were signed because there was up and coming players. We're plucking them from the championship. And Dean Smith's words and the words from the board and the recruitment team was: we will coach these players to be better players. They are coachable to be better players. And since Smith left, um, there hasn't really been any coaching going on. You cannot see any significant improvement. Um, yeah, so, you and know, that, it's kind of, and they're the players that are on the pitch at the minute, yeah, aren't they? And, and you know, it, this whole new management change, if it comes, we, we don't need a manager. We need a coach. coach yeah. That is what we need. Somebody to coach these players to make them better than what they are at the minute, because they do need that. They do need the development. Some of them are still young enough to be able to develop and get better. But it goes back to, we need we need a system, a culture and a philosophy at Villa that, that filters down to youth level as well. And I think that's majorly important as well, because what I'm seeing at the minute is just game on game. Let's try this. Let's try this formation. Let's put him out wide. Let's bring him back. He hasn't played for six or seven games and let's hope that he can be the answer because, you know, bringing Danny Ings in, he's hardly played. He's, he's hardly played any games this season and he now needs a run of games in the team and it, and it kind of, I'll, I'll hold my hands up that in the summer I was saying, I don't think we needed to sign a striker because I felt like we were going to give Archer a massive run of games, but now it's looking like an absolute ridiculous decision if they knew Archer had this niggling injury in pre-season to not sign a striker. Because that looks ridiculous now. Because if he yeah. had that niggle and you knew he needed this bit of surgery in pre-season or in the in the close season, then it, it just looks ridiculous. So I hope I would, that yeah. it, it, it wasn't the case. I was in the same boat. We had many conversations amongst us about should we be signing another striker I completely was like well, I don't think I don't think we need it it's always a nice to have but I was like do we need one we've got Danny Ings who really has always been known as a pretty decent Premier League striker very good at times we had Ollie Watkins who has scored double digits in the Premier League and we've always felt has the potential to be a very um, well-rounded player and like you mentioned, we had Cameron Archer coming through. And the whole reason we thought he was being kept within our first team squad was to get minutes. Now, yes, we now know he's got this little injury. But I'm sitting there thinking, right, if he's fit enough to be on the bench, can we not even get in some minutes from the bench? It's like, so now we're essentially playing with two strikers. If we're not going to utilise Archer at all, which... How many minutes has he played this season? Less than 60, surely. What We've got two strikers. All it takes, I mean, at the minute, they're not scoring, but all it takes is for one of them to get injured and then what on earth are we doing? So looking back now, we I think we were very silly not, not to sign a striker. I don't know what you think, Ryan. Yes, looking like it now. Um, obviously, we just hoped that Ings and Watkins would just get it together and we'd find a formula to get the best out of them. But still, still, 12 months down the line since Ings come in, we haven't found a way of getting the best out of either of them. Um, 
So, yeah, it is looking like a poor decision. Even just getting someone in on loan. I remember Justin saying, like, next season was, like, the big one for a big striker. You know, a big money foreign striker. You know, someone from abroad, possibly, like, the, the big the big pull. Um, but, yeah, we have – it does feel now with the guys off form, with Archer injured, we've sold ourselves short. Justin on a pay as you play basis. My I'd sign him up, man. He was a <laughs> he was a beast. He was. He was an absolute. Yeah. I ain't seen a beast performance like that since Ben Tech left, mate. Proper number nine. He was an animal. Number nine. Mate, if you was under pressure on that ball, you just lumbled it to Justin and you're retaining possession, mate. You couldn't. He's a battering <laughs> round. You didn't even have that like versatile like. Noel Quinn and Phillips or Crouch and Owen, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could even have a little runner running off him. Um, mate, and he can, and he can pull out a knee slider. So he can pull out a knee slider <laughs> as well. So it's got it all. It's got the whole package, man. <laughs> Indeed, he is the full package. Hindsight is a wonderful yeah. thing. We can say all this now. We thought we were going to get seventh or eighth. We're past that now. What we're not past is Thursday night. We will segue into that now. As we've mentioned, it's a massive game and we've been saying that for the last however many weeks. But this time, with the news coming out today, we're going to plug an episode Luke has put out um, already on possible rumours about a certain someone um, who we may be approaching. But, you know, the more that these rumours start cropping up and the players and the manager are going to see these, it sort of becomes even more real that we really are sort of approaching crisis stage now. So approaching Thursday's game, it is a must win, an absolute must win. I feel like even with a good performance and a loss, no, no chance we have to beat Fulham. And yeah, I think even if we were to to win and perform poorly, we're still sort of in this same position because really we should be beating Fulham comfortably. They're not in a great run of form. Um, they have a few decent players, but for the most part, if you put our squad man to man with theirs, you'd like to think that we can we can outshine them on the pitch. Um, and looking at the fixtures ahead, after that, obviously we've got a quick turnaround. We've got Brentford on Sunday, but then it gets it doesn't get any easier. We've got Newcastle, two games against United and and Brighton as well. So for me. We absolutely have to be winning on Thursday and it has to be a comfortable win. I think we've got to get our shooting boots on. If we're not going to score on Thursday, I am extremely, extremely, extremely concerned um, that, you know, they have their target man, which is Mitrovic. I feel like everyone will flag them as the man to watch. So we know that we've got to be short up at the back. We can't be, you know, making silly defensive errors like we did at the weekend. But the real focus, once again, will be on our front line. Can they turn it around? Can we really... Do we make changes? Do we stick with it? Because we saw some some signs on Sunday. I, I'm not sure what we do. I think at this point, because we got a decent performance for a chunk of the game on Sunday, and because we need to find this best 11, personally, I think we stick with with the shape that we went for. I think we, we like Luke and, and Ryan, you've mentioned there's too much chopping and changing. There's too much uncertainty. One thing we need going into a game against a team like Fulham, who we should be beating, is just a bit of a settled squad, some consistency. Because you go in and you change it all again on on Thursday and it's like, well, what was what was the point? It just feels so pointless otherwise. So 
for me, I'm going with the same formation and I think the key will be how on earth do we get our strikers firing? Luke, I'm going to pass to you now and see, are we keeping it the same? What What is the key thing, do you think, for us on Thursday that, that will get us three points? Um, I'd say application would be the first thing that's going to be important because come Thursday after um, Wolves have played or uh, Southampton have played, we could possibly be in the bottom three on Thursday going into this game, which in itself puts another magnitude on it. So obviously we've recorded this before the game, so we don't really know what's going to happen there, but the application would have to be right. Um, and there'd have to be a determination, a hunger, a desire. I know I, I looked at Fulham and I was thinking about it early and I thought this is going to be, a, you know, a real tough, tough game. And, and I think it will be uh, because our record is terrible there. You know, their start of the season, they drew to Liverpool, drew to Wolves, beat Brentford, got off to a fantastic start. And then they've sort of like their last three games, lost to Newcastle, lost to West Ham and drew to Bournemouth. So, they're not in the greatest of form now, are they? So, you know, I'm not going to say they're there for the taking, but we, we, sh- we should be putting a, a decent performance in based on what what I expect from a Villa side. And, and, and I don't really want to, you know, look at any game now and start thinking, oh, shit, we're just a relegation team. Like, we shouldn't be beating Fulham. I feel like we should. I feel like we're, we're, you know, we're Aston Villa. Like we, we shouldn't be 16th. We've got to start like earning the right now and just doing what's expected of us. No more excuses. No more heads down. Um, you know, create and the amount of chances that we did create the other day, and, and we've got to take them. Um, and that's basically it, really. I mean, you could replay every match preview, couldn't you? What we've done so far. Oh, and we're saying this. We're saying the same, the same thing. Um, yeah. but, you know, it will be a pressure game. It'll be a pressure game for Gerard. It'll be a pressure game because the media are on him now, aren't they? You know, yeah. it, it's not just the fans. It was, you know, he'd probably look at it saying, you know, a couple of disgruntled fans here and there. I, I can deal with that. But now we know what he's like in them pressers. He don't like certain questions. And now they're all the questions are going to be, what do you make of this? What are you going to do to turn this round? Are you going to play him? Are you going to do that? Are you being questioned? I mean, imagine if someone asked him about Pochettino. He's probably going to nut him. Do you know what I mean? The way he's been reacting, you can't even ask him if he play at Cameron Archer. Do you know what I mean? No one asked him about Pochettino. Um, no, so- I think I think that's part of the issue, though, isn't it? Now, like I mentioned earlier, it's you've got a whole new layer of pressure because everyone at Bodymore Heath will see that Telegraph article talking about Pochettino. All of them, down to the kit man, all of them will see it, and immediately, you know, before it was just a few fans, but it'll now they're all. It'll be in that group chat, won't it? Yeah, they'll be they'll be pinging it around. <laughs> they'll be like, oh, what do you think of this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's just uh, so with with that extra pressure, it's like that needs to play into our favour, doesn't it? We don't work well under pressure. It feels like, but it feels we always slip up against these like sort of newly promoted teams. They're in a bit of a bad run. Look at Forest for God's sake. It's a prime example of of this exact fixture where we seem to slip up. 
So yeah, the heads need to be lifted. We've got to be mentality monsters. We need we need these players to fight for their shirt because I don't care what they think of the manager, whether they want him gone or they want him to stay. They should be playing for their own career. They need to play for their shirt. And we just need no heads to be dropping because after that second goal against Chelsea, it was visible. We seemed to crumble and we we can't have that mentality because up until that point, we, we hadn't lost in four games. So it's not like they should have no confidence. We, you know, we've been picking up points and whilst the performances haven't been good and particularly for the strikers, they've not been scoring. There's no reason that they should be completely down in the dumps with the We've got to have that bit of an uplift, which I suppose is why we wanted Archer at the weekend for that bit of an uplift and the crowd can get involved. We were away on Thursday. It's it's not a pleasant trip. And if the away fans aren't backing you, then you know there's something seriously wrong. Talking of away fans, Ryan, you're making the trip. Um, your thoughts, really, and how, how do we get these players performing and... And what is the key here in this fixture that that Gerard can do? Because as much as we talk about the, what the players need to be doing, what are we expecting from Steven Gerrard this week? Personally, I think when you lose a game, you've got to look at that game and take the positives out of that and take it into the next game. Now, the positives from Chelsea was a bit more pace up top. You know, a little bit more width when we were attacking. You know, when we were defending, we was very, very narrow. But attacking-wise, we was a, played a bit more wider, which introduced McGinn and Ramsey into the middle because you've got to get up and support when there's nobody there. And they were lining up on the edge of the box most of that first half. So all that attacking play and all them chances we created, we've got to take that from the Chelsea game and from the off against Fulham, apply that straight away. You've got to... You've, you've got to take the confidence out of all them chances we created. Yes, we didn't put them away, but we created them and, and it's going to fall sooner or later. We can't keep missing this many chances. And sometimes you just feel once one goes in, the floodgates yeah. could open. You know, we could score two or three. Um, Fulham, though, I am making the trip down to Fulham. It was one of them grounds that I've always wanted to go to. Just, you know, I think it's quite a quirky ground. It's an old school ground bit of character about it and I've just there's always been something on always been something on when I when I wanted to go um but our record is poor there so I'm not expecting much and to be honest I looked at Fulham they're 11 for 11 for 12 in the league and their home form is not bad it's not bad you know they beat Liverpool and Brentford and Brighton I think they've only I think they only lost one and that was to Newcastle when they was down to 10 men after about 5 10 minutes so at home on a Thursday night under the lights, it's a, it's a very tough game. But like I said, we've just got to take them positives. I think it's a must. It's a must for me that that front three stays the same. I don't want to see it changing again. I don't want to see Watkins up top, Ings back out, Coutinho back in, Bailey keeping. So I'm fed up of that. I'm bored of it. Let the three of them try and build a relationship, try and build some momentum, try and just... Try and build a flipping goal, you know what I mean? Just try try anything, man, but just keep them the same, I, I think. It's got to it's gotta stay the same. Please, Stephen. Yeah, you can argue that it might be part of the problem with our attacking line this season is that we've just had so many personal changes. Anna, Some we of change it has it, been we change it every game, H. 
every game it's, we change yeah. it. I know, and uh, I feel like we we've again it's repeating conversations, but we don't know our best eleven, or perhaps we think we do, but the manager doesn't, and vice versa. We constantly chop and change it, which sometimes you can get away with, but other times it's it's glaringly obvious that there's just not that synergy, and there's not that you know so-and-so doesn't know the pass is going to come in and, and it hits some it you know it's easily intercepted just because they're not reading each other and and we can see it sitting up in the stands but you know that I don't know if it's communication or, or what but yeah you feel like it, it needs to say the same and we need to start building off that little run of of if because Gerard clearly wants to play these players into form that's why he hasn't dropped Watkins throughout this whole sort of period of him you know a dry spell he clearly wants to play players into form but at the point where you kind of feel like things might be working and certain things should stay the same it'll change again I mean it's 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 predictable when you know that Bailey's going to come off for Buendia or Coutinho is going to come off for Buendia and McGinn is now suddenly always going to come off for Dendonka and it's like it's so predictable and we just we're not we're not seeming to learn from from any of the mistakes, and that I suppose that's why it's really frustrating for the fans. And, and this chopping and changing of the front three, you know, look at this poor decision making in the box, the cutbacks, the taking shots on when you can lay it off. It's because people don't know Ings's runs or don't know where Watkins is going to be because it's chopping and changing every week. If you if you're in that box and you know Ings is going to pull back onto that six yard box, you can not even looking up, you can lay that ball across, but one day it's Ings, the next day it's Watkins, then it's Coutinho, then Brendia. There's, there's, there's not time to to build and know each other. Do you know what I mean? I know they're training, but what it looks to me, all they do is training is smash balls into an empty net. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, oh, just keep it the same, man. It's, it's just it's winding me up, man. It's winding me up. You know I'm what? rattled. You know I am rattled. Do you know what's yeah. so funny when a Villa fan talks now? It's every Villa fan does it. They start off like really like, Enthusiastic, and then by the finish of when the finish of it's like I've had enough, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It feels like that, and it felt like that on Sunday. It was quite, it was quite sad, really. That especially once the second goal went in, it, it was very flat, wasn't it? And you know, Luke's touched on this, so we don't need to go into yeah. it too much. But we just need that lift. And Ryan, you've said just that one goal. I, I do agree. Like I feel like if we can just have a game where we can score one or two goals, keep a clean sheet, three points, especially you know on the road. You know what, I'd, actually take now. I'd actually take a moment of magic. We know. need a moment of magic. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what, that talking about being rattled, the word moment at the minute is grinding bad on me. It's, I need a trigger warning for that word. I yeah, I cannot stand it. I cannot stand it at the minute. It's, um, oh, it's yeah, it's grinding me down, man. It's grinding There's me down. A, yeah. But talking about goals, I haven't, you know, properly celebrated a goal this season like, with that proper joy, proper happiness. I just, you know, even tuning up against Everton, I just don't know. I just haven't felt any vibe all season. It's just like, yeah, and that's, you know, a lot of people talk about the connection and stuff like that with the, the, the team and the players and, you know, that that connection there, that's where I'm feeding it. I'm just not, just not feeling it, you know what I mean, this season. So, hopefully, go down to Fulham, last-minute goal. I definitely feel that. I feel that all right. <laughs> so, 
last minute that would be lovely yeah Yeah. Yeah. for all of us sat watching at home biting our nails um and for all of you that are making the trip down on Thursday evening all we want is three points and a goal we just want to watch Villa score a goal it'll be lovely so speaking of goals I think it's probably a good time to do our score predictions so I will do mine I am I've got to be a bit positive I feel like I've moaned a lot don't like to moan um, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Villa win. We haven't scored in ages and I'm going for a 2-0 win. What is she <laughs> on? Um, it must be the pressure of uh, being in the hot seat this evening. I think we're going to score. I think once we score one, we'll get another and we're going to keep a clean sheet. Don't ask me who's going to score it. It could be two our own goals at this point. Um, and as long as we get the three points and a win, we've we've got to take it because if we don't win on Thursday, um, I'm quite quite scared for what will happen <laughs> so Luke what do you think are we gonna have a 5-0 Justin masterclass or is it gonna be a bit more nervy than that no I am going to go with a 1-1 oh God. I think I just I just think standard villa fashion I think it's gonna be a tough week um and I I I've said it before. The way I see it going, I think, I think we'll get the draw, and I think it'll be all on Brentford, and, that, and that's how I see it going. So I'm going to go with a one-one. Oh, it's it's nervy, squeaky bomb, Ryan. What do Ryan, you think, Ryan? What does Ryan think? Ryan thinks that Mitrovic is going <laughs> to score as a standard. That's just obvious. That's going to happen. So my heart is saying. We, it all comes together. <laughs> we win 3-1. That's what my heart's saying. My head is saying possibly 1-0 Fulham. But let's let's go with the heart every time. Let's let's have a 3-1 win. I'm going to lump a we, fibre yeah. on it. We follow the heart. That's where Villa lies. So yeah, that'll do. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Blindly optimistic. We, That's what you need to do. We come on here every week. We are deluded. Um, <laughs> talking about Villa this much, send anyone crazy. Right. That'll do, I think, everyone. Villa fans, let us know how you're feeling ahead of the Fulham game on Thursday. Drop your thoughts in the comments and let us know your score predictions as well. We'll be back at some point with, I guess, a predicted lineup or something of that variety. Um, but in the meantime, fingers crossed, keep the faith up the Villa. Up the Villa.